Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Colossians chapter 1. In the advent of the charismatic movement, there began to be a a change of of, uh, tenor in the uh, Pentecostal world. And so there are many who... Uh, were part of the charismatic movement, began to uh, almost ridicule those who were part of the older Pentecostal movement for uh, what they call pleading the blood. And uh, 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 anyone who has been saved in, in, in a full gospel movement for any period of time, uh, remember uh, well that this is one of the uh, focal points of uh, of uh, faith and practice is pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. They began to ridicule that as almost like this was uh, uh, superstition, this was out of date. But I want to tell you that uh, it never goes out of date. Can you say amen? I want to preach to you very simply from Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 on the blood. Follow with me for a moment. Uh, Verse 12, Colossians chapter 1. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us uh, from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us uh, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through His blood uh, the forgiveness of sins. I want to very uh, simply preach to you this evening on the blood and use the Bible as a focal point. Now, I want to talk to you about the significance of the blood. When you talk about the blood as it's used in the Bible, immediately you're going to find that there's a link to the subject of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the Bible records for us that immediately they felt that they were naked and uncovered, and they covered themselves with, uh, 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 with fig leaves. This is recorded in the Bible, I think Genesis chapter uh, 3 and verse 21. God then comes on the scene, and uh, not accepting that, uh, he then covers them, the Bible says, with coats uh, of skin. Or in other words, uh, there was blood shed from animals, and from the animals the skins were taken to cover the shame and the sin of Adam and Eve. We move into Cain and Abel. These are the first sons of Adam and Eve. And the Bible says very clearly that God had revealed himself. He had given stipulation that he is to be worshipped, and as he's to be worshipped, there is to be sacrifice uh, that comes. You know the story, Cain, uh, who uh, uh, ignored that. He is uh, uh, involved with agriculture. He brings uh, an offering of the vegetables of the field. But the Bible says that Abel 
did obey God and he brought a sacrifice uh, of the flock uh, and God rejected Cain and he accepted Abel. Now this is very foundational. It's very important that you understand that uh, because religious activity alone does not satisfy God. Can you say amen? We're talking about blood tonight. uh, And if you're a student of the Bible, immediately uh, you begin to understand uh, the significance uh, of the blood. And the earliest record of the Bible links into uh, and brings us an understanding of this business of blood. The Bible tells us about Noah. Noah, you know, uh, 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 built uh, the ark, boarded the ark. And the Bible says a very interesting fact that the very first thing he did, uh, Genesis 8 uh, verse 20, uh, the very first thing that uh, Noah did, then Noah built an ark uh, to the Lord. Uh, and uh, and uh, took of uh, an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings uh, on uh, the altar. So here we have the record of the scripture. If you are a student of the Bible, you recognize Abraham. Abraham is the father of the faith. Unless you understand Abraham and the covenant that God cut with Abraham, you have a, a, a missing uh, a page uh, and you miss much that the Bible has to say uh, about the covenants, the new and the old, because Abraham is the father of the faith. The Bible records for us uh, that Abraham uh, built uh, altars. Uh, And so central to the revelation of God is this business of an altar, which an altar always a meeting place with God. And an altar just simply as a religious symbol means nothing in the scripture unless there's a sacrifice involved. I know that there are other religions. They have various kinds of altars and and depictions and all. But one thing is missing from them that is central to the truth of the Bible. That's blood. In the book of Exodus, uh, uh, chapter uh, 17, uh, or Leviticus, rather, chapter 17 uh, and verse 11, tells us that as God reveals himself in the tabernacle, central to the tabernacle uh, is an altar. uh, And in Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the flesh uh, is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood uh, that makes atonement uh, for the soul. So here now we have a doctrine, and that doctrine has to do with the blood. And uh, if you are a student of the Bible, you'll find out immediately uh, that we're dealing with the doctrine of the vicarious atonement, uh, or in other words, blood is shed uh, on another person's behalf. And as that central truth is there, it is the focal point uh, of the scriptural revelation uh, of God that he gives to man. Uh, Or in other words, vicarious means one, paying the price uh, for another. And two words you work in always with this. One is atonement uh, and the other uh, is propitiation. Jesus Christ uh, is the fulfillment uh, of all those types that come from the Old Testament. Many of you have seen the the film done by uh, Mel Gibson called The Passion. 
And uh, if you will think for a moment about some of the central uh, uh, truths of that, you saw the horrible uh, laceration as Jesus is lacerated with the Roman uh, uh, cat of nine tails, uh, tradition says, uh, uh, 39 uh, stripes. He bears these. Uh, added to that, uh, the blood that is shed uh, is a crown of thorns. Uh, and this crown of thorns, which uh, is uh, uh, very unique, uh, that you find these in Israel, some of the spikes on these thorn uh, uh, trees uh, are an inch and a half long. They Platted a crown of thorns, placed it upon his head, then began to strike him with rods, driving down the thorns uh, into his brow and into his scalp. Blood uh, was shed. The Bible records that as Jesus is put on trial, the soldiers begin to strike him with the palms of their hands. It was illegal uh, in the law for them to strike him with their fist, uh, but they began to strike him with the palms of their hands, uh, no doubt splitting his lips, uh, no doubt uh, uh, bringing blood from his, uh, from his nose, uh, and we have again the image uh, of blood. As he's crucified, uh, uh, the Bible says that they begin to jerk uh, hair from his beard, no doubt drawing blood uh, from that. As he's crucified, they drive spikes in his hands and in his feet. Uh, and uh, finally, as he gives up the ghost on the cross, uh, the Roman soldiers, uh, to make sure that he's dead, uh, uh, thrust a sp uh, spear into his side, uh, and the Bible records, uh, out comes blood uh, and uh, Water. So as we begin to think about that for a moment, First Peter records for us in First Peter 1.18 and 19, knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So what we have then this evening, very simply, First of all, we need to remember that any time that we're thinking about blood in the Bible, it always has a link with sin. And the Bible records that the price was paid or the punishment was poured upon our Lord Jesus Christ in the crucifixion that brought us forgiveness of sins. And the Bible says in Romans 3.25, these words, whom God set forth uh, as a propitiation or a satisfaction by his blood uh, through faith to demonstrate his righteousness uh, because in his forbearance God uh, had passed over uh, the sins uh, that were previously uh, committed. So here we have the central focus uh, of the word of God. And that central focus is the blood and as it's in and type in times past, uh, it's brought down to the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who was crucified uh, in our place, uh, and his blood was shed uh, for uh, our sins and paid the price. Paul moves that into an interesting statement in Hebrews 12:24, and he says, "You've come to Jesus." the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things uh, than that uh, of Abel. If you're a student of the Bible, you know that the high priest went in once a year 
and took the sacrifice that was for the sins of the nation, one sacrifice, uh, and uh, moved into the tabernacle, uh, into the holy place, uh, and upon the mercy seat, uh, he once a year uh, sprinkled uh, the blood of that sacrifice on uh, the mercy seat. First Peter 1 and verse 2 says, uh, uh, God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit uh, for obedience uh, and sprinkling uh, of the blood uh, of Jesus Christ. Now Abel's blood uh, was a blood that cried out for vengeance. How many of you know that? God says in the Bible uh, to uh, Cain, where's Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know where Abel, my brother, is. I'm my brother's keeper. And God said, his blood is crying out to me from the ground. Here's the blood of righteous Abel crying out for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus Christ, thank God, cries out for forgiveness. Can you say amen? Cries out for mercy, cries out for grace. And it is a price that is paid for our sins upon Calvary's tree. That's the significance of the blood. Now I want to bring into an understanding of this is where I'm aiming. And this has to do with Satan's defeat. Now there's a glorious revelation that comes right at this point. And that revelation has to do with the mystery of God's redemption. You see, redemption is a wonderful mystery. And in redemption, it is the mystery of God reaching down his hand to sinful humanity, rebellious humanity, humanity that has rejected him, humanity that has gone its own way, but in the grace and the love and the mercy of God, he doesn't leave man to himself, but he reaches down and he brings to mankind redemption. That redemption is a price is paid. And Revelation 13, 8 makes an interesting comment about the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Now think about that for a moment, because here we have the great mystery of God that's being worked out upon planet Earth. In Revelation, it says that is a mystery. In the book of First uh, of, uh, Corinthians, the apostle Paul says this mystery was something that the princes of this world did not know and did not understand. Listen to First Corinthians uh, 2, 7 and 8. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained uh, before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this world or this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So here we have the story of the mystery of God unfolding in Jesus Christ our Lord. And in the demonic assault upon our Lord Jesus Christ, finally inspiring the Roman soldiers to crucify him because of the will of the Jewish people that rose up and demanded that he be crucified. In this demonic assault to kill the Son of God, the devil sealed his own fate by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I can feel that right now. Amen. This is an accomplished fact. This is not something that's going to be done someday. This is an accomplished fact. Look at verse 13 with me. And it says, the blood delivers us from the power of darkness. I want you to fasten your minds upon that tonight. The blood delivers us from the power of darkness. When our Lord Jesus Christ was training the disciples, 
he uh, spoke to the 12, you know the story, but then he moved from the 12 into the 70 uh, and he sent them out two by two to preach everywhere he would come uh, and they come back in and they record this tremendous statement uh, in Luke's gospel chapter 10 uh, and verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you power uh, to authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. This is a demonic forces, And over all the power of the enemy and nothing uh, shall by any means uh, hurt you. Now think about that for a moment because here is a frail man. Here is man who is susceptible to sin. Here is man who has fallen, but through God's redemption and the revelation of Jesus Christ, demons are made subject to humanity. This is not the domain of the elite. Many people have this idea that only the elite have the ability to have authority and cast out demons. But I want you to know that the blood of Jesus Christ delivered us from the power of darkness. Listen to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death uh, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime uh, subject uh, unto bondage. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 20, as the disciples said, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through your name, uh, he said these words, uh, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice uh, because your names uh, are written uh, in heaven. I want to tell you tonight that you may have been saved uh, this morning or last night. Or a, week, or a week ago, but right now you, are, have, you have power over demonic forces. You have authority over them because your names are written in heaven. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? You know the wonderful story. I, I'm always amused at this. In the book of Acts, is the seven sons of Siva. They've seen Paul casting out demons. Uh, and as they've seen that, uh, they said, this is neat. Uh, we we, we want to do this too. And uh, so uh, uh, they uh, had a man who's demon-possessed. Uh, and as they uh, were uh, 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 seven sons of Siva, the, is, the, is what they're called. And they're attempting to cast this demon out of this man. And uh, as they said to them, we adjure you by the Jesus that Paul preached, come out of this man. And this demon-possessed man said, ha, ha, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but I don't know you. <laughs> Can you say amen? What a wonderful revelation tonight uh, is that your names are written in heaven. Every demon in hell knows what your name is tonight. And I want you to know they have to obey uh, the precious blood of Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus. You can have deliverance uh, in the blood of Jesus. Let me use this uh, little illustration. A number of years ago, my wife and I bought some furniture in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, how many of you know that uh, you, you, never, uh, you never buy what you see because that's just a, that's a showroom uh, sample? 
And so uh, we liked this uh, piece of furniture. Uh, I've even forgotten what it was, but uh, I remembered the, uh, the detail of this. Uh, and they gave us a receipt. We paid the money, gave us a receipt, said, now go to the, to the warehouse and, and, and give this receipt to the loading dock, and they will give you your piece of furniture. So we backed up a van to the loading dock, and as we backed it up, we gave the uh, dock manager this receipt and said, I'm here to pick this up. He looked at that, and then we got our furniture and brought it out, and we loaded it in. Now, here's a wonderful illustration, and that illustration is uh, that the blood of Jesus Christ is your receipt tonight, uh, that the price has been paid for all that God has redeemed you from sickness, from sin, from demonic oppression, from habit. All has been paid for, but the devil will not release that until you present the receipt and said, here's the receipt. You must obey. I want what God has promised me tonight. This is a wonderful illustration. And this apostle Paul, rather John, moves this in in Revelation 5, 9 and says these tremendous words. Listen to it. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It was Mick Listing sitting on the platform. He's looking out over the congregation tonight as they're gathered together. And he said, he remarked, that it's very notable that sitting in this congregation are many, many, many different races of people. Can you say amen? And that's a wonderful thing. And that's possible tonight uh, because the blood of Jesus Christ uh, has purchased the forgiveness of sins, uh, has purchased God's total redemption. uh, And regardless of what race or color that you are, I want to tell you that the blood of Jesus Christ uh, is operative uh, in your behalf. The scripture says in uh, Revelation 1 verse 5, Jesus Christ the faithful witness, uh, the firstborn from the dead, uh, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us uh, and washed us uh, from our sins uh, in his own blood. The devil tonight is a defeated foe. Do you believe that tonight? The devil tonight is a defeated foe. I want you to say that with me. The devil is a defeated foe. Say it again. The devil is a defeated foe. Say it again. The devil is a defeated foe. Now, this is not something that's going to happen. This is something that's already accomplished uh, because the blood of Jesus Christ has defeated uh, the devil and he's a defeated foe. However, tonight, we have to make this real. Uh, As in most things, uh, uh, most Christianity and most is what are practiced in Christianity is nothing more than theorizing. In Jesus' day, there were the Sadducees Uh, They were the Pharisees. They were deeply religious. They had all kinds of of, uh, practices. They had all kinds of ritual. The difficulty was it was not a reality. It was just simply something that was a theory uh, in their mind. They had religious rituals. They had religious ceremony. But there's no reality to this all. I think it was Mick Listing that, uh, as I was talking with him, he commented on a statement that I'd made and this statement comes out of a book of, a, of an Episcopal priest that got uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to uh, operate in the spirit realm. And this man in a book, a tremendous book, uh, The Nearly Perfect Crime, 
which relates to divine healing. And this man makes a statement, and that statement is that God has become someone to understand rather than someone who saves and who heals. He repeated that because that stuck in his mind over a previous sermon. That's where I got it from that book. So we're dealing with then making this real and this means that we personally have to make up an appropriation of the reality of the blood of Jesus Christ. In this text, there is the allusion to a verbal appropriation of the reality of the blood of Jesus Christ in a profession of our faith in that blood. Listen to Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Or in other words, what the Apostle Paul is writing is we're bringing this from theory into fact. And we're bringing this from a posture, simply posturing a religion, into an effect of appropriation. And there's a historical admonition that brings us an understanding of what this is all about. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes these words. Listen carefully because this is the key to all I'm saying. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Or in other words, it did them no good. They were hearing the words, but it didn't do them any good. And it says, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, how do we mix God's word with faith? This 12th verse gives us the key to that. That is that there's a verbal appropriation that we make personally uh, to appropriate the promise of God's redemption uh, and we mix God's words with faith by the words uh, that we speak, uh, affirming uh, that we believe that uh, and that we're going to take action and appropriate that. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed... Uh, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore spoke. So what we're talking about then this evening is we must apply the blood or we must plead the blood. That means that you and I take action, and that action is that we verbally will begin to speak out Mix our faith with the confession of our mouth that we believe this, and this is how we appropriate that personally. Let's go back to the Old Testament for a moment. In the book of Exodus chapter 12, God's going to deliver the people of God from the land of Egypt. You know the story, the various plagues come. Finally, it comes judgment time on Egypt. And God said, God said to Moses, this is what I want you to do. Every household is going to make a sacrifice for that household. Uh, they're going to take a, a lamb without blemish from the flock. They're going to kill that, catch the blood uh, in a basin, uh, and uh, then 
uh, they're going to apply that uh, because I'm going to send judgment upon uh, uh, Egypt. I'm going to send a death angel down finally to make the final judgment. Uh, I'm going to make the final blow against Pharaoh. I'm going to kill uh, the firstborn in every household. Uh, And if you want to escape this, uh, then you must take the blood uh, and you must apply it. Verse 22, Exodus 12. You should take a bunch of hyssop Dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the flesh. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Now, you know the story. Uh, The death angel did come. Uh, Egypt is judged. Every household that did not apply the blood uh, suffered uh, the instant death uh, of the firstborn as the death angel passed through. So here's the central truth then for believers. And that is that we must plead the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't do that by sacrificing a lamb. Our lamb was already slain, the Bible says, from the foundation of the world. And it was fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. And the Bible says that we must mix that truth and that promise with our faith. And we do this by the confession of our mouth. In the book of uh, uh, Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 7, says, In him, that's Jesus Christ, uh, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches uh, of his grace. Uh, this word redemption is a powerful word. Uh, it literally is the Greek word luteros. Uh, it means to release or loose. Uh, and uh, this must be done uh, by you and I as we confess with our mouths and take dominion over that. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 13 and especially 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now we overcome the devil by pleading the blood, and that's how we apply it. In the book of Revelation, finally, the Bible says these words, and they overcame him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So what we do then tonight is we plead the blood as believers in Jesus Christ. There's a deliverance. That's what loosing means. That's what redemption is all about. There's a healing. There's a deliverance. There's a forgiveness. There's a cleansing. And and this passage of Scripture I read, Now unto him who loved us and has washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's the blood. I want to bow, bow your head with me tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, 
Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.